0: All right, so now we are back in Acts. You can uh, dust the, you can blow the uh, cobwebs off of the Book of Acts here, and, and uh, we are going to start though in chapter 17. I know I left off toward the end of chapter t- chapter 16, and I'll mention chapter 16 at the end, but we want to start in chapter 17. Why are we back in Acts, and why do we want to keep moving forward? Because I, uh, you know, uh, God has given us a mission, given us a vision, and He's given us a mission. And uh, regardless of whether we have been meeting uh, uh, remotely or in person, uh, that that vision and that mission continues. And now that we are reengaging, I, uh, uh, you know, all pretty much in person, Lord willing, as the next weeks go on that we will remember why we're here. <laughs> Hopefully, we've been remembering it all the way through, but remember our vision and our purpose. As uh, Henry mentioned it, you know, our vision is to experience Israel's future today. Yes, there will be a, a real Jerusalem in the future, right? But like we read in John chapter 7, uh, when Yeshua says, uh, you know, that um, the living water will flow out of us, In the Tanakh, that's Yerushalayim. It's like being a a living version of Jerusalem now, you you know? Not to say that there isn't in the future, uh, you know, the city of Jerusalem, but experiencing Israel's future. Uh, And our mission, of course, is to demonstrate uh, the life, character, and mission of Yeshua. That's why, you know, uh, oftentimes local congregations are called the body of Messiah, the, the living version of Yeshua right now. And he is here with us, and he is involved, uh, and we live out that calling. And that calling is to demonstrate the good news by word and deed, uh, and uh, how important uh, that that is. Uh, and what we want to see here in Acts was the single focus that the, the uh, of the message that, uh, was shared here in Acts and how the people demonstrated it. Uh, it's really, uh, you know, very important for us to get that because there's a lot of distractions in our world, as we all know. And, um, sometimes I think we get a little mixed up in what is our calling and what are just some preferences, uh, that, you know, th- that we like. Uh, to talk about or to be and one of the things that we want to remember is uh, one of the questions I think that when you read the book of Acts and especially uh, where we are right now here at the beginning of chapter 17 is When people see us, how are they identifying us? You know, what are the labels? that people put on us as individuals or as a community, you know and uh, the labels that are put on us is based on how we present ourselves The words that come out of our mouths or the things that we write or, or, or any of it. Do people see us as, oh, that person is a Messiah follower. That, you know, or that person is this or they're that or they're this. Oh, they're also, they're also a a believer in, in Yeshua. That's a, you know, I think a real sobering question. So here at the end of chapter 16, just to refresh our memory, here is where Paul is in Philippi, right? uh and begins that congregation there and and so on That's where we read about Lydia and and uh and hospitality and uh you know in the and the message and the uh, the assembly of believers there by the water by the river and all of that but what ends up happening in Philippi is um because it was a Roman colony that there was a real uh, a misunderstanding uh, of the message by the civil authorities, uh, and by the population at large. And so, uh, the thought was, is that these are subversive people, uh, and, uh, they're, they're rabble rousers. And, uh, and so, uh, Paul and Silas get arrested, right? Uh, and they, and, and what do they do? Do they take the tin cup and are they, you know, hitting the bars of the, let me out like this is unjust let me out no this is wrong I uh, you know this is not fair this is bad uh no they start singing okay they sing I. Uh, kind of interesting isn't it uh, and uh, you read uh, that uh here I uh, you know it's uh here at uh, toward the end of uh, chapter 16 I uh, and uh you read uh, uh, in verse 25, but about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there came a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prison house were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were unfastened. The jailer's thinking, oh no, I'm going to die. Uh, this is on my watch, and, 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 and I'm going to die. Uh, and Paul shows great sympathy uh, uh, to the jailer. Uh, and basically what happens is the jailer and his household receive the Lord, right? And are immersed, right? Uh, and uh, it's a great, uh, you know, great ending there. Uh, toward the end of the chapter, there is a very interesting thing in, in that now they're released. And they find out that, whoa, 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 these guys are Roman citizens, right? And we had them in, uh, in, in jail without the due process, So uh, they want him just to leave the city. And uh, and it's uh, very interesting. So Paul responds in verse 37. They have beaten us in public without trial, men who are Romans, and have us into prison. And now they are sending us away secretly? No, indeed. But let them come themselves and bring us out. And the policemen reported these words to the chief magistrates, and they were afraid when they heard that they were Romans. And they came and appealed to them, and when they had brought them out, they kept begging them to leave the city. I, I, and they went out of the prison and entered the house of Lydia. And when they saw the brethren, they encouraged them and departed. That is very important because we see what we see that Paul Paul makes a point that I want to see the magistrates. We're Roman. We're Roman citizens. So you come and 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 you let us out. Don't send these other. You let us out now. Uh, it says they were afraid because Paul and Silas could have made a really big deal out of this. They could have really made a big deal out of it. But that was not their mission. That was not their mission. It says they went to the house of Lydia, they they were uh, rejoicing, and then they left because their mission was to present the good news of Yeshua. Their mission was to be the good news of Yeshua. Okay? Uh, and so they were unjustly treated. They did not go back and say, give us a trial. They didn't do that. They left because their mission, their goal, was to share the good news of Messiah and be the good news of Messiah. So now they travel and they uh, uh, they they travel through Amphipolis and uh, Apollonia and they come to Thessalonica. Probably about a three to four day journey, uh, along the coastline, uh, there. Uh, and, um, and so they go to Thessalonica. Now, Thessalonica was a significant city, like Philippi, not, not exactly like Philippi, but also a significant city, uh, 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 uh of Macedonia. One writer called it the metropolis of Macedonia. Okay. Uh, It was a a, a significant city, uh, loyal to uh, Rome, a regional capital, uh, and and so on. And so, as was his custom, as it says here, uh, and when they had traveled through Amphipolis, Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And according to Paul's custom, he went to them, and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them, from, uh, the scripture. So, as we know, this was his custom, right? To go to the synagogue. Probably for several reasons. One is that because he's Jewish, he and Silas are Jewish, uh, and, uh, uh, and a desire, uh, that they come to the city to talk about God, uh, the place to go would be the synagogue, the Jewish corner. It was an entree. It was an entryway, uh, for them in, into the city to go to the synagogue. Okay, uh, but also it's a Jewish message, so it makes sense. I, I, in fact, that was the common knowledge of the day that this is a Jewish belief; it's a Jewish teaching. So going to the synagogue makes sense, right? I uh, and so we read in it uh, that um, uh, so for three successive Shabbat days, reason with them from the scriptures, and uh, so that's in the synagogue. By the way, there's 21 days there all together, maybe, right? So you got to just wonder, I uh, maybe they were applying their uh, tent-making craft, you, you know, along the way, and maybe talking to individuals and other people and so on during that period of time. And then it says they were explaining and giving evidence that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead and saying, this Yeshua whom I am proclaiming to you uh is the messiah. That is a very straightforward, very basic thing that Luke is is saying and and you know explaining uh, uh that the Messiah had to die and be raised from the dead. Now by the say that by saying uh that they reason with them from the scriptures, it's a great again reminder to us that the death and resurrection of Yeshua is embedded in the Hebrew text. It's not some new thing, right? Not some new thing But I'm going to suggest that this is not the only thing that we're saying. We don't have the complete message. We have the most basic thing, that Yeshua is the Messiah. Now, if they have heard of him, what they knew is that he had died, right? Uh, And so perhaps, you know, thinking that, well, he was just some charlatan or something, you know. But what Paul is saying is his death and his resurrection are very significant. Uh, you you know, in the fact that he's the Messiah. But we also know, if you jump down to verse 7, that they were also saying something else. It says here, And Jason has welcomed them, and they all act contrary to the decree of Caesar, saying that there is an there is another king, Yeshua. So they're identifying him as the king. They're identifying him as the messianic king who has died and risen from the dead, and that his death and resurrection are significant for the forgiveness of sins. We know this from, you know, all the previous everything previous that we read about in the book of Acts. Uh, that um, uh, just saying that he died for our sins and rose from the dead is not just that's not it. But for the forgiveness of sins, and uh, and this is a telltale sign of the beginning of the alam haba, uh, and the messianic king has come. Even though the kingdom right now, is uh, is invisible. So they're proclaiming the good news. Now, okay, so now in verse 4, we see what happens. This is what happens in Thessalonica. And some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, along with a great multitude of the God-fearing Greeks and a number of leading women. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, we see uh, that uh, you have some Jewish people a lot of uh, uh, God-fearing Greeks, in other words, Greeks that uh, were sympathetic to the synagogue, uh, Greeks that perhaps believed in one God but were not part of the Kihilah, not part of the of, of the Jewish community, but were sympathetic. And then it also says, and a number of leading women, which tells us from different places in the culture that the message went to different kinds of people and different kinds of people uh, uh, believed okay uh and so the uh the, the message uh, was not only to the jews not only to and uh, not only to men but leading women believe that's pretty significant you know certainly in that day right but then we see okay so there's success to the mission That, you know, people are receiving the Lord, but there's opposition. There's opposition. And we see, but the Jews became jealous uh, or zealous and taking uh, along some wicked men from the marketplace, formed a mob and set the city in an uproar and coming upon the house of Jason, they were seeking to bring them out to the people. Evidently, Jason was a common name. Uh, we read different different Jasons uh, in the late Second Temple period. You know, a very interesting high priest was named Jason, right? But here you have this Jason. Now, there's another place at the end of Romans where you read about a Jason. We don't know if it's the same one or not.
1: But evidently,
0: he was where he was a, a Messiah follower and housed uh, Paul and Silas while they were there, Okay. And when they did not find them, they began dragging Jason and some brethren before the city authorities, shouting, "These men have upset the world! These men who have upset the world have come here also. And Jason has welcomed them, And they all act contrary to the decrees of Caesar saying that there is another king, Yeshua." And they stirred up the crowd and the city authorities who heard these things. And when they had received a pledge from Jason and the others, they released them. Basically, what ends up happening is is Jason like bails them out, okay, uh, and uh, and so on. So, so we see that there is a, again great misunderstanding uh, to the uh, uh, to the the message here. Now we know some things from First Thessalonians about you know the message uh that uh that Paul was sharing with them we know that uh you know uh he told them about turning from idols he talks about a kingdom uh he questions uh you know pe- whether peace would come from the world or from uh, a god uh himself uh and of course Yeshua being the the king and so uh the charges against uh the believers here are quite uh, significant, similar to Philippi. About, you know, not the the allegiance to Caesar is being questioned, right? Caesar is the king. Caesar is the one who's to be worshipped. They're saying it's Yeshua. Now, of course, one of the things that uh, Paul uh, was not—he was not concerned uh, with overthrowing uh, Caesar. He was not concerned with overthrowing. This was not about sedition, like overthrow the government, overthrow uh, Caesar, go to Rome. Let's go to Rome and you know and uh, uh, and get rid of Caesar. That was not the. That was not uh, a part of the plan. Uh, they were not concerned uh, uh, about that. But there was this great misunderstanding. Also, when it says that the Jews were zealous, I would suggest also. Uh, that it was not only political, but also somewhat religious in that, 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 uh, they saw, they did not understand this message. And they saw Paul and Silas as coming and, like, they're heretics. They're, you know, they're, uh, just like, just like in Jerusalem, you, you know, in the early chapters of, of, uh, of the book of Acts. Uh, and, and so we've got to stop them. And one of the things that we learn, as we learn in every chapter almost, is that nothing is going to stop uh, this uh this message. But we see that there's a mob uh and they're coming after them, and that and but and they they say that um these men who have upset the world have come here also, right? Uh and so they see that uh uh Paul and Silas are upsetting the apple cart, the status quo. Uh, they're calling uh, for people to uh, embrace this Yeshua as the King, right? Uh, and uh, and and that's what they're upset about, right? Uh, now it's interesting that if you go back to the beginning of the chapter, and he says here that they were explaining and giving evidence that Yeshua had to suffer and rise from the dead. Uh, this Yeshua, who I am proclaiming, is the Messiah. So that part of the message they didn't seem to be—they—they—the uh, they, Romans did not seem to be uh, concerned about. Uh, uh, perhaps the Jews were concerned about that, but the Romans were concerned that he's—they're calling him a uh, a king. Uh, and so, what happens here? Well, actually. You know, I think something that might be helpful to us is actually for just a quick second is to turn to First Thessalonians uh, because Paul is going to reminisce about when he first went there, about this event here uh, that we're reading about. So in verse 5 of, of uh, chapter 1, he says, For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Ruach HaKodesh, in the Holy Spirit, and with full conviction, just as you know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. You also became imitators of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much tribulation with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers uh, in Macedonia and in Achaia. For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place uh, your faith toward God has gone forth that we have no need to say uh, any, anything. So here, you know, it's it, um, uh, uh, amazingly, they faced great persecution, but they were a wonderful testimony. He says "For in chapter 2, For you yourselves know, brethren, that our coming to you is not in vain. After we had already suffered and been mistreated in Philippi, as you know, we had the boldness in our God to speak to you, The gospel of God amid much opposition for our exhortation does not come from error or impurity or by way of deceit. But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God who examines our hearts. For we never came with flattering speech, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed. God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from men, either from you or from others even though as apostles of Messiah, we might have asserted our authority. And then he goes on to talk about uh, how they were, um, you know, uh, the the kind of ministry they had with the people. Uh, and then if you jump down to verse 14, it says, For you, brethren, became imitators of the Ecclesiae of God in Messiah Yeshua that are in Judea. Okay, in other words, you became like the uh, the Messianic Jews in Judea, right? Who suffered great opposition there, and you're suffering great opposition here, okay? For you also endured the same sufferings at the hands of your own countrymen, even as they did from the Jews, who both killed the Lord Yeshua and the prophets and drove us out. They are not pleasing to God, but hostile to all men, hindering us from speaking to the Gentiles that they might be saved, with the result that they always fill up the cup of their sins but wrath has come upon them to the utmost. But we, brethren, having been bereft of you for a short while, in person but not in spirit, were all the more eager with great desire to see your face. Okay, so you know that's one of those passages, by the way, that uh, you have to understand Paul is talking about his own people whom he said he would give up his own salvation for if it was possible to save some of them, right? Uh, And so this is not a statement of... uh, uh, He's not some self-hating Jewish person or something like that, but he's talking about how difficult it has been uh, to bring the good news. And he rivals the words of the prophets, uh, uh, you know, in speaking about uh, the the people hindering uh, the, uh, you know, the word of God from being uh, dispensed. So he talks about the great difficulty, but he is single-minded Uh, in his goal, uh, that the goal is uh, the good news. All right, so notice what happens here. Okay, so uh, they release them. Now in verse 10, it says, and the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea, and they arrived, and they went to the synagogue of the Jews. This is really interesting. They don't stay in Thessalonica. They don't say, hey, we got to set this right. Hey, it's not fair what happened to us. Hey, it's it's just not right. It's not even according to the Roman law. It's not right. Uh and so we got to we got to fight so that we will have the opportunity in Thessalonica to share the message. No, all they care about is sharing the message. And so they leave by night. They like like okay, let's get out of here, right? Now, it could be that Paul and Silas did not want to go. But Jason and the others said, you need to go, okay? Uh, because it does say in another place where Paul says, we left reluctantly, you know, we didn't want to leave. But that doesn't mean that maybe they still thought they had to leave. We don't know, you know. But, uh, but it is very, very interesting there, okay? So you notice, so they leave Philippi. They leave Thessalonica, the perse- being persecuted in both places. So now they go to another place so that they can continue sharing the message, okay? And so they come to uh, Berea, right? Uh, and here you're going, if you ever wondered why half a dozen different uh, churches in your neighborhood might be called Berean something church, it's right here. Here's the reason, okay? It says, and the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. and And this is kind of an out-of-the-way place, by the way. This is kind of interesting. This is not a Roman center, Okay, it's kind of out of the way. And when they arrived, they went to the synagogue of the Jews. No surprise there, right? Now, these were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica. More gracious, uh, more charitable, uh, you know, that, that kind of uh, understanding. They were more noble than those in Thessalonica. For they received the word with great eagerness. This is The, 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 the Jews received the word with great eagerness, okay? Examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. There you go. <laughs> that's it. So lots of congregations like to call themselves Berean because they're examining the scriptures. That's that's where that name comes from. Okay. Now examining the scriptures is a very interesting, uh, very interesting uh uh term. Okay. I uh, you know it, it means I uh, that they Really dug down, uh, and, uh, uh, really sought out the, uh, sought out the, um, the, the answer and understanding, uh, and understanding the, uh, and understanding the text. Okay. Uh, it's almost, uh, like uh, to engage in a careful study, almost like a trial, almost like, like looking at testimony, like you would look at legal testimony. You know to see if it's really right or or true, and so they're examining the scriptures to see if it was if it was uh, uh, true. One of the things that we learn is that you can't pigeonhole anybody here. Uh, people receive the word differently in different towns, right? And so here they go to Berea, they go to the synagogue, uh, and 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 the people now aren't uh, you know giving them a hard time. They're examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. So they were really captivated by this, uh, by this message and examining the scriptures. So what then what is it? Many of them therefore believed. Many of them therefore believed, along with a number of prominent Greek women and men. But it's interesting that in Berea, the focus is on a number of Jewish people believed after examining the scriptures. But also... Uh, a number of prominent Greek women and men. Now, prominent Greek women and men. It doesn't say God-fearers here. This is, it's kind of interesting. It doesn't say God-fearers. Prominent women and men. So very interesting that you have prominent women and men, God-fearers, leading women, uh, and Jews responding in different ways to the message. Okay? I, uh, and, uh, but, But opposition follows them. It says, but when the Jews of Thessalonica found out that the word of God had been proclaimed by Paul and Berea also, they came there likewise, agitating and stirring up the crowds. Oh my goodness. Maybe this is why Paul speaks in first Thessalonians so harshly, uh, you know, about that opposition that this was a real, uh, this was a real pain, (laughs) right? uh and uh and and so th- they uh they still receive the opposition but again their focus is only on bringing this uh message to people it says and then immediately the brethren sent paul out to go as far as the sea and Silas and Timothy remained there so isn't it interesting immediately they send paul away right he's he's going he's on his way to athens by the way right uh, and Timothy and Silas remain behind to maybe organize the the, the community, organize the, the congregation, right? It says uh, uh and now in verse fifteen, now uh, those who conducted Paul brought him as far as Athens and received and receiving a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him as soon as possible, they departed. And now he's gonna be waiting at Athens. For his comrades, and that's where he, that's where he's going to begin to notice things in Athens, right? Uh, and so uh, I think that uh, it's a good refresher for us. Uh, we see that yes, different people, different reactions. They are focused on the good news, right? Uh, they are not focused on uh, staying in Philippi or staying in Thessalonica uh, and fighting their way through. Uh, I know even though as Roman citizens, they had the right to trial in every one of these places, but that was not their goal. Their goal was it's so it's so simple. <laughs> you know, When you, their goal to live as Messiah, to die as game. Their goal was going wherever they could go to bring the message of Yeshua and to be the message of Yeshua. You know, it's interesting. In 1 Thessalonians, again, uh, in the fourth chapter, uh, Paul gives some instruction to those people in Thessalonica. Now, you got to remember, wow, they were, so we, we know from Acts, wow, those believers in Thessalonica, they really stood up to great persecution. And what does he say? He basically says to them, to live a morally Live ethically. In chapter four, I guess I'll just say, um, I won't read the whole uh, chapter, but maybe I, I, I will read more than I thought. Okay. I'll start in the first verse. Finally, then, brethren, we, we request and exhort you in the Lord Yeshua that you received from us instructions as how you ought to walk and please God, as you actually do, that you may excel still more. For you know what commandments we gave you by the authority of the Lord Yeshua. For this is the will of God, that you, that your sanctification, that is your, you abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in lustful passions like the pagans who do not know God, and that no man transgress and defraud his brother in the matter before the Lord is in, in a, in the matter because the Lord is the avenger of all things. Just as we also told you, before and solemnly warn you. For God has not called you for the purpose of impurity, but in sanctification. Consequently, he who rejects this is not rejecting man, but the God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. Now as to the love of the brethren, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. For indeed, you do practice it toward all the brethren who are in all Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, to excel still more. So he says... If he stopped there, it'd be very interesting. Okay. Live morally and ethically. But then he says something else. And to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life and attend to your own business and work with your hands, just as we commanded you, so that you may behave properly toward outsiders, not, and not be in any need. For we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve, as do the rest who have no hope. And he goes on to talk about the hope of the, the hope of the return of the Lord and the, the hope of the future resurrection. But it's very interesting when he says, Work with your hands, lead a quiet life, be a good testimony to the two outsiders. Because his concern was the gospel. His concern uh, was, uh, was indeed uh the uh was indeed the good news right uh, and uh how important uh, it is uh uh to remember that that it wasn't about uh go against those who are persecuting you or make sure that you know uh you have your, your rights and, and uh in living in this city and no just lead a quiet life be a good testimony and we see this all the way, all the way through. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, Peter says, "Submit yourself, for the Lord's sake, to every human institution, whether to a king or one in authorities or to governors." Uh, and, wow, you know, that's a pretty tall order, especially in his day, uh, which uh, you know, the governing authorities were against them. Were against them. So, I think there's a lot to learn from this. That uh, you know, may we remember our vision. May we remember our mission. May we remember our calling. Uh, to have that kind of single-mindedness, and that whatever we do is for the purpose of building us up in the Lord, so that we might be a good testimony inwardly, inside and outside, and be attractive, so that people come to know the Messiah, uh, and that the good news is not hindered by other messages. You know, I, I because you know Paul and Silas. I'm sure the temptation was there. They could have been known as people. They're here to challenge the Roman authorities. That's who they are. That's what their message is. But they made sure that their message was clear. That it was Messiah, the resurrection, and the and the kingdom of God. And uh, what a great reminder uh, that is indeed. Uh, To us, it comes with misunderstanding, it comes with persecution, but it also comes with fruit bearing in different ways and at different times. And I don't know about you, but I am excited because I believe that, you know, God, uh, He has sustained us through all this, He's kept us through all of this. And the goal isn't simply to be kept and sustained, but the goal is to continue in the mission and the vision and the calling that God has given us. And so may we be able to, with, uh, you know, uh, with great motivation and excitement, move forward in our walk with God. Let's pray. Lord uh, God, uh, thank you uh, for this great testimony that we read about here in Acts 17 of uh, Paul and Silas in Thessalonica and Berea. Lord, we pray, God, that we would have that kind of single-mindedness and that we would have the sechel, sechel, the, the godly wisdom and common sense that they had and when to stay and when to go, when to speak and when to move on. And, uh, oh Lord, I pray that we might have as our goal, not to make a point, but to share the good news with people and in everything that we say and everything that we write and all that we are may people say oh i know that guy he he's a you know he's a messiah follower she oh i know who she is she's a messiah follower she she you know there's something different about those people may we get that reputation and uh, god may may you fill us with your ruach and may you even renew uh, our vision uh and uh cause us to move forward and we pray in the Messiah's name.